chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, and I'm going to begin with verse 9, reading down through verse 15, Hebrews chapter 6, and beginning with verse 9, I know Brother Danny has already made mention, please make special effort to be here Wednesday night, we want you to be here, it's going to be a business meeting like none other, and uh, we're making big plans, and it's going to be a great time. And next Saturday, of course, very important service. Now, if you choose not to be part of the foot washing segment, the foot washing will begin at 5 o'clock. The communion segment will begin at 6 o'clock. And immediately following the communion segment of the service, we will go into praise and worship. And we will um, have some church. Amen. Expecting a great crowd next week. We're going to be sharing some information with you Wednesday night. If you're interested in being part of some community evangelism, very aggressive evangelism that we're going to do by the help of the Lord on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we're going to be very, very aggressive with some evangelism. And we have a lot of guests. We're anticipating being here Sunday. Great move in the Lord. Amen. To our guests that are here this morning, God bless you and thank you for being here on this snowy Sunday morning. Hebrews chapter 6, I will begin with verse number 9. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed toward his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That ye be not slothful or slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit promises. For when God made promises to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. Saying, surely blessing I will bless thee and multiply and I will multiply thee and so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise I want to preach to you for a little while this morning by the help of the Lord and by your help from a subject that I took right out right off the cover of a book by Malcolm Gladwell. And I'm going to preach that subject to you for a little bit this morning, and it is entitled Tipping Point. Tipping Point. Let's pray together. Lord, help us this morning to speak what you have laid upon my heart. Through your word today, God, I pray, Lord, that every person in the room may be touched and impacted, that their spirit may be, Lord, blessed and touched by your word that you call us, O Lord, what you would have us to be, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Greet three or four people around you before you're seated.
In his book, Malcolm Gladwell states, the tipping point is that magical moment when something crosses the threshold, tips, and spreads like wildfire, as he describes it. And in his book, he is, in fact, proposing the idea that is, I have found to be true, that small things can make a huge impact. Sometimes it's not always the, the, the large thing we need to adjust. But there are times that it is the small things that we can adjust, and it makes a big difference. Just as the proverbial straw breaks the camel's back or a single sick, sick person has the potential to start an entire epidemic, so too can a precisely targeted prayer change a person, a family, a church, a community, a city, a region, a state, and eventually the entire world. In a book entitled 212 Degrees, The Advantage of One Extra Degree, author Sam Parker describes a very similar phenomenon And he points out the fact at 2.11, water is very hot. It will burn you. It will make a lasting impact upon you. It It will do many, many good things. But at 212 degrees, water begins to boil. And with boiling water comes steam. And steam can move turbines and produce power and drive locomotives and change the way that the world operates. The one extra degree makes such a huge difference. It's the small thing that makes such a huge difference. It's the tipping point, if you please. It's the point in which that momentum shifts and everything turns upside down. This simple analogy reflects the ultimate definition of the spirit of excellence. And as you know, we have prayed for some time for the spirit of excellence upon everything that we do as a church, as a people. It's because the one extra degree of effort and energy from us may be the very thing that is the tip of the iceberg that changes somebody's life. It may be your handshake. It may be your small part that you play in a person's life 
that initiates the turnaround that absolutely affects their future. Because one extra degree of effort in a life and in the church may be what separates the good from the great, the potential from the reality. So now I set a standard. Our target for every service is to reach 212 degrees. We may have a lot of services at 211, but may I propose to you this morning that Christian Life Church needs to set a target for every service, 212 degrees. We've got to get to the point where it tips the iceberg. Church as usual will not do. We must go to the next level. We must go beyond the edge of transition and move into the realm of the Spirit. We must go beyond the holy place and go beyond the veil and get into the holies of holies. The difference may be the small thing that you do, the small adjustment you make, the small amount of energy that you add to your worship, the small amount of effort that you add to your praise, the small amount of volume that you add to your voice, the small addition to whatever ministry that you are participating and operating in in the church. Going to the next level requires us to add one more degree, to go one extra step, to add one extra gram it may be the tipping point that sets the course for revival for your future, for the future of the church, for the future of this community. It is up to us to put everything we have on the line every service. It's time to go to the next level. In firefighting lingo, there is a phrase that is used to express a very critical moment in the beginning stages of a fire. It's when the temperature gets to a certain level to which everything that is combustible in a room spontaneously burst into flames, spreading the fire immediately, almost instantaneously, throughout an entire building. It is called the flash point. Let's take, for example, a building that catches on fire. At first, the fire is grasping for everything with low flashpoint that it may be able to spread. The fire is, in some way, appears to be lurking. It's not doing a lot of damage. It is there. It is burning. It is increasing the temperature in the room. But if at that point the fire is extinguished, it would be able to prevent the collapse and the chaos that is about to ensue. So it's true that the temperature will eventually increase until it changes the entire environment of the building. I watched a video on YouTube a few weeks ago 
and the video was scary to say the least as a building was under construction, I believe, in Chicago. And as that building was under construction, a fire had broken out in one end of the building. People had evacuated. One construction worker was on a third level on the opposite end of the building. In the matter of just a few seconds, I watched as that fire swept throughout that entire building in speed that was absolutely phenomenal as it was being captured on someone's video camera. And I was amazed at how quick that it swept through the building. And the reason was is because everything in that building had a very low flashpoint. It was able to burn without a whole lot of heat having to be added. You see, that's what happens in a life that is filled with prayer and fasting, consecration and dedication to the Lord. It doesn't take a whole lot to move you. It doesn't take a whole lot to move one that is prayed up, fasted up, worshipped up, and expecting with much anticipation a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. All it takes is a small wind and the Spirit of God can sweep through a congregation. But if we become cold and indifferent, if we resist what God is wanting to do and we allow the fire on our altar, as my wife so eloquently stated last night, to grow dim. And if we allow our lives to become cluttered and filled with the cold and indifferent elements of this world, then it takes a lot more for the fire to burn. When it happens, people often blame it on the music, blame it on the preacher, blame it on the worship service, blame it on the congregation, blame it on somebody sitting down from them, blame it by distractions. But I want to tell you when we get prayed up and ready to burn with anticipation and the fire of the Holy Ghost flows, it doesn't matter if we're singing Amazing Grace or if we're singing I'll Fly Away or if we're singing the latest and greatest that's just been produced. It doesn't matter if I like the song or don't like the song. It doesn't matter who's leading. It doesn't matter who's sitting next to me. It doesn't matter what distractions are happening in the room. I'm ready to catch on fire. I am hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm seeking, and I promise you the Holy Ghost will flow through that individual. When the temperature in a building gets to a certain level, everything that is combustible in that room will spontaneously burst into flames spreading the fire immediately and instantaneously. Flashpoint, if you please. That house that catches on fire, that building that catches on fire, begins smoldering on the edges. But eventually, that smoldering flame will increase the temperature in the area. And as it begins to swell and begins to burn and the temperature begins to elevate, everything in a building eventually reaches flashpoint. 
everything in the building is affected by the small flame that begins to burn. Let me encourage you today, child of God. It doesn't matter what you deal with in your home. The fire of the Holy Ghost can change it. Let me encourage you today by telling you it doesn't matter what you have to deal with on your job or in your school. The fire of the Holy Ghost can change the environment. It doesn't matter how small and insignificant you may feel that the flame is burning in your life. I challenge you today, let the fire burn. Let the fire burn. Let it begin to rage. Let it begin to roar. Let it begin to burn. And before long, it will catch on fire because fire is contagious. The atmosphere of everything around it is going to be changed. And the hotter the fire burns in you, the the greater the atmosphere you are creating around you. That's why angels uh, desire to look in on what goes on in this house because they can only get so close to it. They don't really understand it. Let me tell you that the devils in hell cannot prevent the fire that begins to burn in your life and in mine. When we begin to burn with the fire of the Holy Ghost, We'll begin to change everything around us begins to change Everything begins to be affected That one that may be cold and indifferent Their embers begin to burn up You ever begin to build a fire and it burns down and you wonder, man, the fire's kind of low. All you got to do is reach down and kind of take, you know, take take a prod and kind of push it over and roll two or three of those coals together that are real hot. And you know what happens? It bursts into flames again and begins to burn all over again. That's why that it's good for us to come together. Somebody said, man, we've been coming together a lot the last couple of weeks in prayer every night, coming together. Had church last night on a Saturday. Saturday night coming together. Man, this is a lot of getting together with God's people. That's right. And the fire of the Holy Ghost begins to burn when we get together. And those that have made themselves and prepared themselves will begin to burn. The atmosphere begins to be changed. That's why we had a Holy Ghost outpouring like we did last night with people slain in the floor for over an hour after the preaching of the Word of God had come forth. Why is that? Because they've been burning. And when we get together, It begins to roar and begins to change the atmosphere. Now, notice that when you throw a, you ever had to go out in the cold, get a log out that's snow covered, maybe wet, damp, and cold, and you bring it in and you throw that piece of wood on the fire? It doesn't immediately begin to burn. You ever pay attention to that? It takes a while for the snow to melt. It's all dependent on the heat of the fire that you throw it into. It begins to melt. And it takes a few minutes for the moisture to burn off of it. If you throw an old wet log on the fire, it takes a little while and it'll smoke and it'll sizzle and it'll sound like it's in a frying pan as the moisture and all the things that don't want to burn and that are resisting the, 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 the fire have to be burned off. But eventually, you'll see the smoke begin to come. And it'll get a little, a little stronger 
and there's still no fire. But it's heating up. Just wait a few minutes. Eventually, the peripheral of that log will begin to flare up. And you'll see a little flame spark up on it. And it'll begin to burn. And then the bark begins to burn off of it. And eventually, the log begins to dry up and begins to reach a combustible area where it will begin to burn. You see, it's the tipping point that it's got to get beyond. And eventually, it gets to the point where it will begin to burn. What am I saying to you? I'm telling you that the most outrageous individual that you think will never be saved. Just get them in the house of the Lord this next week. Because when we get them in the fire of the Holy Ghost, get them close to the fire. I'm telling you something's going to happen in them when your fire matches up with my fire and our fire matches up with your neighbor's fire and we get together and that fire begins to roar they're going to either have to get in or it's going to push them completely away but I'm believing that it's going to bring them in and they're going to begin to burn it doesn't matter how wet the wood is it doesn't matter how cold the wood is it doesn't matter how long the wood's been laying I'm telling you it will begin to burn again. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost fire that is going to set the captive free. I'm preaching about the Holy Ghost fire that is going to bring redemption to that one that we thought would impossible for them to ever have their life turned around. I come this morning to preach. It is possible. Get them in the house of the Lord. Let the fire burn through you. Pastor, I'm not much. Let it burn because your little bit added with my little bit added with Brother Danny's little bit had it with Sister Cheryl's little bit had it with Brother Bollinger's little bit before long it'll begin to burn oh somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise come on let's magnify him with the fruit of our lips this morning lift up your voice to him today magnify the Lord in that house fire there comes a point where the, that small, isolated fire begins to affect the potential of the whole house. It affects the temperature of the house so much that it brings it to a flashpoint and then something powerful begins to happen. Everything will eventually burn. And that fire becomes a consuming fire. Let me just say that each one of us need to be burning with Holy Ghost fire. We've been fasting. We've been praying. Let me tell you, I can't fast for you. I'll pray for you, but I can't replace your prayer. As a matter of fact, I don't really know where that we, we adapted the terminology of praying for somebody. Because the praying for somebody is only the job of an intercessor. That means we stand in the gap. And some of us need to stand in the gap. Yes, sir. There's some we need to get between them and we need to get between their accuser. Yes. And we need to declare we're standing in the gap. Right. And when the accuser says they're never going to be saved, we stand in the gap and rebuke the accuser. Right. And declare in Jesus' name, my family will be saved. 
In Jesus' name, my lost child will be saved. In Jesus' name, my, my lost loved one is going to come in. In Jesus' name. And we begin to declare it and we stand as an intercessor. And we begin to pray for them. But I think we maybe have ruined the terminology because we've gotten it in the church where we often say to people, I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you. But I came tonight, today, to declare to you that I really, there's some praying that I can do for you. But most of the praying you're going to have to do for yourself. But what I can do with you is I can pray with you. Because when I come and get near you, it doesn't matter if you're cold and indifferent. I'll pray with you. And the reason you need somebody praying with you, here is the power of agreement. Here's why that a preacher will say, look at somebody and tell them. Or touch two or three people around you and say to them, it is called the power of agreement. I'm trying to preach to somebody this morning that if you agree together, the Bible said if two or three agree, touch anything. I came this morning to tell you that when I get close to somebody that's got some fire burning, it doesn't take long till I'm attracted to the fire that burns in them. And before long, our spirit begins to mesh. And when our spirit begins to merge, we begin to burn brighter than either one of us could burn by ourselves. And then when we begin to burn, we change the environment around us. And somebody next to us begins to catch on fire and before long when that spirit gets in the church this place will burn with a fire that will change lives change hearts and change our city somebody ask the Lord for that kind of revival to fall on us today hallelujah if you've ever experienced the Holy Ghost then you have experienced the fire because one doesn't come without the other. You can't have fire without the Holy Ghost. And you can't have the Holy Ghost without the fire. If you have fire without the Holy Ghost, it's wildfire. It won't last long. But if you've got the Holy Ghost and fire, it will empower you to be able to change everything around you. And when you walk in the room, you are the tipping point. Somebody said something's about to happen here. All you got to do is walk in and speak a word of faith because the fire that burns in you will be the tipping point that'll turn things around. It'll change the environment of your workplace. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost that'll change the environment of your home. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost that will change the conversation that's taking place around you. Let the Holy Ghost fire burn in you. The Holy Ghost will generate passion. Passion is the fire that drives us into action. It is the motivator that puts us into action. The fire of passion that changes a life. And one passionate life can absolutely change the world. God Give us a church that is burning with passion and a heart for souls. 
Oh, if God's dealt with me this last week, I tell you, you, I can't begin to tell you how God has been dealing with me. I believe like never before, we have to go out and change our city. We've got to take what God is doing in here, and we've got to find every hurting heart, every broken mind, every wounded spirit, and we've got to take the fire of the Holy Ghost to them. And if you feel like you can't do it by yourself, get two or three people with you and go to them and let the Holy Ghost begin to burn through you. Some time ago, I was, my wife and I were witnessing to a waiter where we were eating. And he, I think we were in Lafayette, and he said to us that he attended a particular church. And he said, but I'm not really satisfied there. And so I asked him about his church. And I asked him what was it that he really wasn't satisfied with. And he said, well, you know, they're real laid back. That's a real kind way of saying, ain't no fire. He said, they're real laid back. I want to tell you something. When people come to an apostolic Pentecostal church, they are disappointed if we're not apostolic Pentecostal. They don't come here to just be at another church. But they come here and they want to know what this is about. And you are doing them an injustice, yourself an injustice, and God an injustice. If you don't walk in the doors of this building and say, I don't care if the President of the United States walks in, I came to lift up the name of the Lord. I came to worship. I came to let my fire burn. I came, I don't care if we have a Holy Ghost explosion, people dancing in the aisles, falling out in the, under the power of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter to me. It, I don't care if the President of the United States is here. I'm apostolic Pentecostal. I'm blood-bought. I've been blood washed. I'm sanctified. I've got the Holy Ghost in me. I gotta let it burn. And let me tell the president, you need the Holy Ghost. Let me tell the world, you need the Holy Ghost. It'll burn in you. It'll turn your life around. It'll change your life. I began to think, where did this idea come from? That, where, where did people get the idea that you can be saved without the fire? You don't find it in the scripture. Who was the instigator of such nonsense? Who was the fighter of this fire that my wife spoke about last night? Surely not just one person was powerful enough to put out such a fire. There are those in the world that would like to put a damper on the Holy Ghost fire. I'll even go further. There may be some in the church that gets uncomfortable when the Holy Ghost fire begins to burn because they're unfamiliar with that spirit. They refuse to worship. They refuse to clap their hands. They refuse to shout unto God. They, they refuse to add to the service or to fan the flames of the Holy Ghost fire. But I'm telling you, but wet wood is no match for a hot flame. 
You know what that means? That means I believe that we're going to create an environment over the next few days that this place is going to explode. I prophesy to you next Sunday morning, get ready. Next Sunday morning, the roof is going to blow off of this place. Holy Ghost outpouring is going to fall. There's going to be life change. You know why? Because there's some folks here this morning says, I'll fan the flame with you, Pastor. I'll get together with you, Pastor. We're going to have Holy Ghost outpouring. We're going to have Holy Ghost fire. We're going to be the tipping point. It's not much, but you may be the straw that breaks the camel's back. You may be that that tips the iceberg. Come on, child of God. Don't hold back. Don't say no because I'm not everything. I can't be a little bit. Your little bit may be what pushes it over the edge. Your little bit may be all that's needed. Somebody shout unto the Lord today. Firefighter will tell you that a fire is predictably unpredictable. Under the right circumstances, even a small fire can pose a great danger. <laughs> I like that. Look at your neighbor and tell him a small fire, big danger. <laughs> small fire, big danger. Small fire. Small fire. I'm not much, Pastor. Big danger. I can't do much, Pastor. Big danger. I don't have much talent, Pastor. Big danger. And the enemy would like for you to believe that you can't burn. The enemy would like for you to think that you'll never be able. I come today to come against that spirit of fear and doubt. I come against that spirit today. Let me take a moment just to preach to that spirit that wants you to think you can't. I tell you to take the blanket off today and start fanning the fire and let it come forth in you. Pastor, I got too many mistakes in my life. Fan the Holy Ghost flame. It'll burn all that mess off of you. Let the Holy Ghost burn. It'll burn the imperfections out. Come on, let God do what God can do and only God can do. You got to let it burn. I'm little, but God is great. Small fire, big God. Oh, somebody help me give him praise one more time. So if a, if, if a, if a blaze causes the items near it to reach its flash point, Eventually, every bit of combustible material in a house explodes into flame. And they say that there comes a point that the fire doesn't even have to touch an item. There is a point that where the temperature can get so hot that it exceeds the flashpoint that every material will begin to release gases and those gases in the right elements around it with the right elements around it will eventually automatically break, break open into flames and we wonder how somebody just drives by Hits their brakes. Turns around and comes back and says, something told me I needed to come here on Sunday morning. 
It doesn't happen in a cold, dry, indifferent church. But it happens when the church... It happens when the church gets on fire. That people just come by. They were healed by the shadow when Peter walked by. How did that happen, Brother Blackburn? It happened because he was combustible and everything around him was combustible because the Holy Ghost was burning in him and even the passing by of his shadow. Even just to mention, somebody says, hey, I was driving by and something says, come to the house of the Lord. That's the kind of revival I'm talking about. You walk in a room and somebody says, I was just asking asking a question and I think you may have the that's what I'm talking about where your very presence catches a place on fire I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in here today my Lord have mercy a confined blaze will heat the atmosphere in a room until everything in this exposed space spontaneously ignites and at this point if it can burn it will burn and my point today is that you feel like well I'm just an old chunk of coal they wrote a, they wrote a song about you I'm just an old chunk of coal I don't amount to too much. My flame's not very big. I don't put off too much radiant temperature. I don't have too much to offer. I usually just mar up everything I get close to. You're in good company. But the deal is, let, let me just pause for a moment to ask you. Any of you ever grill out? Now, I'm not talking about with one of the new modern Light your fire with the push of a button. But I'm talking about one of the old-fashioned jobs like my dad used to cook on. And you, he'd put that lighter fluid on it, he'd light it, it'd burn for a little while, and then before long he'd put the lid on and it would let that fire go down and it begin to smolder. And then he'd put that steak on there. Mm. I'm feeling better talking about it. I shouldn't have gone there. It wasn't in my notes. I wasn't thinking. But you take those coals that have the ability to cook that meat to perfection. And you reach into that fire and you pull one of those coals out and you set it aside. It isn't long until it doesn't do too much. And the flame goes out because by itself, because by itself it can't do much. As a matter of fact, it can't even it can't even perform its duty of a piece of coal when it's set aside. But when you get it together with a bunch of other coals, that one fire feeds off the other. And as long as you keep the coals bunched up together. I feel like having a Holy Ghost fit right about now. Because as long as we stay together, come on, I'm preaching to the church this morning. I'm preaching to the one today that's been sitting on the side. Come on, pastor's trying to gather the coals in this morning. 
pastor's trying to pull us together this morning. Oh, my coal hadn't been more. I come come this morning to tell you the Holy Ghost wants you to come in close. God's calling the church to unify. God's calling you in close today. Come on, get close to somebody that's burning with Holy Ghost fire and you're going to begin to burn and you may be the tipping point for the revival that God is wanting to pour out in this church. Oh, from the front of this room to the back. Why don't you stand to your feet and give God the best praise you've given him all day. And just magnify him for a few minutes today. Come on, let the coals burn. Let it burn. Let it burn. Let it burn. Come on, lift up your voice. Clap your hands. Whatever you have to do, put forth a little effort. And let's just call on the Lord here for a few minutes today. Oh, let the fire catch you. Let the fire burn today. I got more preaching to do today, but the Lord said this is it. He's calling the coals in this morning. You may be cold and indifferent. Come on, get in the fire. Come on and get in the fire today. Come on, we're going to gather up here in the front. Everybody in the room ought to gather with us today. Nobody ought to stand back this morning. Come on, let's get up here and let's create an environment of worship. Create an environment of prayer. Create an environment of praise. Come on, catch on fire with somebody today. Get next to a sister. Get next to a brother. Link your faith and your prayer with them. Come on, let's help each other this morning. Let's strengthen each other this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. Come on, let God work through you. You may be the same point tonight. Glory feels like heaven on earth. 